0: It was an ugly start to a season It's just one game. that got better Jadams, touchdown! and better here is touchdown! and better Valdez, Gatling, touchdown,
1: Packers! Touchdown, Aaron Jones! Touchdown! There
0: it is! the reigning MVP History for Aaron Rodgers still dominant I looked up in the stands and in the front row all I saw was a woman giving me the double bird. Can celebrate. This week on Open Record, another record-breaking season for Aaron Rodgers. But as the Packers are on the verge of their fifth NFC Championship appearance in eight seasons. We're on to the next goal. Is it his last dance in Green Bay? Fox 6 Studios. This is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson here with my colleague, Amanda St. Hilaire. Hi, Amanda.
2: Hey, Brian. We are recording this episode on Wednesday, January 19th for release on Thursday, January 20th. And we are just a few days out from a Wisconsin tradition, the Green Bay Packers kicking off in the NFL playoffs. So joining us from Green Bay is Fox 6 Sports Director, Tim Van Voren. Hi, Tim. Welcome back.
1: Hey, Amanda and Brian. Nice to join you both. It's a tradition for me to be in Green Bay in January talking about Packer playoff football. So this is fun.
2: No better place to be in
0: January. And obviously some seasons you're not in Green Bay, some seasons you're traveling. This has been another one of those successful seasons for the Packers where the road to the Super Bowl, at least on the NFC side, comes through Lambeau Field. Obviously, that means a little less bouncing around for
2: you.
1: You're exactly right. They work through the regular season. I asked uh, Matt LaFleur after the regular season finale in Detroit, how do you make the break now? You accomplished so much, really, in Matt LaFleur's three years as coach of the Packers. They couldn't have done much more in the regular season than they have done. He's the NFL's winningest coach Ever over all those years in the first three years of his career in the regular season. The thing of it is, though, he's two and two in the playoffs. And that's what I was getting at with Matt after the game in Detroit. And that's what we've been talking about so much here leading into the first game the Packers will play this year. Now it's the postseason. And in Green Bay, the expectations are on the postseason. So, Brian, you're right. They did a lot to set themselves up here to be in Green Bay, to have all the advantages in their favor. And now it's on them to see if they can start taking advantage of those advantages Saturday night.
2: So I'm going to start out with the caveat that I uh, am not a sports follower, especially with football, but you can't be in Wisconsin without absorbing some knowledge of the Packers. And I do know that how – it feels with everything surrounding the season now feels very different than it did at the beginning of the season. So can you take us through what was going on at the beginning of the season and how we got here?
1: Great uh, point. As we get to this point, we should use the backstory. I think you're right, Amanda. And uh, of course, in the off season, there was so much drama about Aaron Rodgers. Did he want to stay with the organization? And uh, by all appearances, he didn't. He wanted significant changes. He thought about retiring. He admitted as much as he came in in time for training camp. And then through training camp and the preseason, there were a lot of questions about where this team was going. And most of the starters didn't play at all. And then in the very first game that counted in the regular season, the Packers got drubbed. They were playing the New Orleans Saints. The game had to be moved out of New Orleans because of hurricane damage. It was in Jacksonville. It was so disjointed, and they got crushed. And Rodgers then got crushed by the national sports media about not being invested enough into the team. And what he did through the offseason was going to have carryover effect, et cetera, et cetera. That was loss number one for the Packers this season. They didn't lose much after that. They kicked it in from there and went forward. Obviously, Rogers was involved in in uh, off the field drama during the season as well, regarding his stance uh, regarding uh, vaccination and his comments about being immunized. That's another whole six podcast, probably Amanda and Brian. But on the football field. Rodgers played very well he's likely to win the most valuable player award for the fourth time in his career and early in the season going way back to September they did win at San Francisco over the team they're going to play coming up on Saturday night and so far this week several of the players and the coaches have been saying that started to build the confidence they wanted at the very end on a last second field goal and that was one of the things that really helped them gel and get going on this season.
0: Tim, this isn't really a sports podcast. I mean, we talk about news and investigations, but right now, this week, it's Packers talk. And we, we knew that's that's the theme. That's what everybody's thinking about. We wanted to, to talk about this on the podcast, and we appreciate you being here. One of the great things about this is we get insight. It's more than just talking about, you know, who's going to win the game and what do people think and strategies. I had the thought in my head of saying, well, you've been around the locker room and you've gotten to sort of get a feel for things, but it's not the way it used to be. You used to get to hang around the locker room and get the feel for what the players were saying, especially in a season where there's this question of what's the relationship between Rodgers and the organization? How are people feeling about things? Is it harder to gauge for you as someone who's been around this for so long when you don't have the access you used to have?
1: Oh, there's no question, Brian, it's much harder and you're exactly right that it changes your understanding of situations because of the way you used to go about gathering information. What it also does, though, is challenge you to find other ways to get that information or similar information. And I've always been one who's tried to build relationships and then just been able to talk to people that way. And so the challenge is to build relationships in a different fashion and whether it's uh, on the practice field and where I used to maybe small talk a, a coach or a, whoever it might be, a player for a little bit, maybe now you try to keep them a little bit longer and it's more than just small talk. You're trying to get to a little bit more uh, more meat, if you will, because you may not get that opportunity again. It's it's almost catch as catch can when you talk to these guys. When so you see them on the street or on the road, if I'd be out to breakfast somewhere and I'd run into somebody, that sort of thing, I've I really... Number one, cherish those opportunities because I like some of those relationships. But number two, try to use those opportunities for, for productive gain to help us get more information, help you do your job. Got to help provide some perspective on what's going on.
2: So through those opportunities, what's the sense, what's the feeling right now?
1: You know, I guess I would say, I don't know. Isn't that, a, isn't that a fence-straddling answer? I don't know if anybody – Aaron Rodgers may know. Brian Goodekunst, the team's general manager, may know what's going to happen down the road. Matt LaFleur may know. And none of them may know either. They may be uh, up in the air as to how this is all going to shake out. I, I just don't – I have I've vacillated between it looks this way at one point in the season or it looks this way at a different point in the season. It's hard to know. And, and you don't have the uh, – you don't have the uh, potential to – pick up a leak of information, but I'm not sure there is a leak of information. I think this is all very close to the vest and again, possibly still to be determined. So, uh, you know, the Packers are the top seed, you know, from a football standpoint, we could talk about that top seed in there at home and all that stuff. To me, what that kind of means with the offseason we've had, with the backstory, we've talked about the pressures on the Packers. The, it's, it's now time for the Packers. Who knows what's beyond here. You say that every year in a, in a media sense. Well, you, you want to win this year. You can't look for t- too far down the road with what's going on with Aaron Rodgers' age, with the backstory, it's totally on in green Bay this year. And that puts the pressure on green Bay as well, because they don't know if they'll be back in this spot.
0: Well, and, and I think for Rodgers to have had another season like this, where he is one of the favorites to win the MVP again, you know, two years now after they draft Jordan love in the first round, which obviously there was consternation over that We've now seen Love on the field a couple of times, and it's not like he's gotten a lot of playing time, but we've gotten glimpses of what he looks like under pressure, what he looks like out there on the field with the first string. And, and I almost wonder, have those performances affected where the Packers are on this, maybe put more pressure on them? What, what is his appearance and the couple of games he's been in done to, to where the Packers need to go next?
1: I don't think Jordan Love has played particularly well so far. And he's basically played a game and a half of of legitimate action this year. And uh, I would say, I think, You could have expected more fan base, I think, has decided, oh, you need Rodgers at all costs at this point, having seen Jordan Love. Uh, From the organization standpoint, I think you would have liked to have seen more from him in that time, in particular because both of those games were situations where he knew he'd be playing. Sometimes a backup quarterback hasn't practiced at all. He gets thrown in there. It's kind of unfair. Oh, my goodness. Well, in each case where Love played this year, one whole game when Rodgers was out due to having COVID and one half a game where they knew he wasn't going to play the bulk of the game because they had everything wrapped up, you knew all week Love was going to play a lot. So I think expecting a little bit more from Jordan Love was certainly fair and legitimate. So what does it do as the organization tries to evaluate the situation, Brian? In my view, if, it's, if, it, if the organization feels he just doesn't have it, it's, it's revealed that. If they still have faith in him, to me, it hasn't changed anything. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback you'd want. He's played wonderfully this year. He's been absolutely off the charts over the final six, eight weeks of the season when it matters most. And so, of course, you'd want him. And if Jordan Love is your future, you'd want him as your future if you haven't wavered in that belief at all. So I don't think it influences the Rodgers decision uh, because if they can keep him, they keep him. If they can't keep him, they can't keep him either way. Uh, But I do think, you know, Love Love hasn't jumped off the charts to this point. That part is true.
2: I am interested in that from an organizational leadership perspective because you're in in it in anything you do you're kind of in a tricky situation if you're seen as relying on one person, right? And when we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, this isn't just a player. This is what I think a lot of fans would say is the heart of what they're looking at when they're watching the Packers play. And you have your actual performance, but then you have your attitude, and your interpersonal relationships, and that seems like something that's been a pretty tricky balance all season.
1: There's no question. The Packers won a Super Bowl. Not that long ago, right? You, you, Amanda, you're not a huge football fan. You know the Packers won a Super Bowl not that long ago. Brian, of course, you know the Packers won a Super Bowl not that long ago. You know what it was? It was after the 2010 season. That's actually a while ago.
0: I was when you were saying not that long ago. I was thinking to myself, well, in sports, you know, especially in in Green Bay, maybe that seems like it was long ago.
1: That's the point. There are only two guys left on the team this year who played on that Super Bowl team: Mason Crosby who's certainly nearing the end of his career, no matter how, it, you know, where and when that ends and Aaron Rodgers. And we don't know what the future is for him. So, as you say, in in sports, you know, two it's dog years in sports. Everything is, is exponential. So it has actually been a while, even though it's kind of in your mind. Oh, yeah. The Packers won the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers hasn't played particularly well in playoff games since the Super Bowl. He is the face of the franchise. He's their most important player. They are once again this season going as Aaron Rodgers goes. All your points are proven, Amanda. And he is probably the best known player, if not in the top two or three, in the NFL, nationwide, internationally. He's crossed beyond just sports uh, you know, sports platforms now. He's on everything, whether he's there or somebody's talking about it that's little here. I'm sitting in little old green Bay, Wisconsin right now. You know, I could, I could go over there to the mom and pop grocery store right over there, but Aaron Rodgers is this mega world personality. And he's been here for 17 years. It's a fascinating mixture. And now it's all on what you get judged on the most football wise, which he still is above all those other things. I don't think it can be discounted above all those other things with Aaron Rodgers. He's a competitive football player at his heart and nothing matters more to a competitive football player to be in the biggest games on the biggest stage and in his mind, at least, any player, play his best.
2: I come from a family of Patriots fans, so the idea of uh, recently winning a Super Bowl is <laughs> a little skewed in my mind.
0: We're at a, a place now where the title of this podcast is Last Dance, and, and uh, obviously that comes from the... Instagram posts earlier in the year, before the season started, that that uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams made at the same time with the photo of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Same photo they shared at the same time and that that term last dance actually a reference to the Netflix documentary on the Chicago Bulls in the final season that Scotty and 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 Michael played together and they won a championship and so there was this suggestion that okay Rogers is going to play after all Devonte's going to play after all but this is our last year in Green Bay and we want to go out on top we want to go out champions they are 3 wins away from going out on top as champions. If they win the Super Bowl, could this still really be the last dance for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? Could they really win the Super Bowl and leave?
1: Isn't it a fascinating question? Uh, you know, uh, but could they come up, could they lose their first playoff game and leave? I mean, you know, it, it, to me, the narrative is still, the, the script is still out there to be written one way or the other. It's, it's fascinating to ask these questions. And with the Bulls, drama that you referenced brian they essentially knew it was over going into the season they knew it was over the specter of uncertainty hangs over green bay and and rogers and adams certainly know how to kind of play the leverage game back and forth that that simultaneous last dance thing was i I mean i know the two of them think that was absolutely beautiful a, a stroke of genius whether the organization thinks that whether fans think that who knows but Uh, You you know, they're, they're kind of playing the Adams and Rogers are kind of playing this whole thing out. Devontae Adams, one of the best, I don't know what, five, six players in the NFL. He's kind of attached to Rogers. If if he was anywhere else by himself, he'd be the mega story here. So the narrative to me, again, we talked about the success the Packers have had or haven't, depending on your perspective in the playoffs, the last few years, the, the Patriots won all those championships, Amanda. But now that Tom Brady's gone, how confident are you they're going to win another one? And Aaron Rodgers certainly emulates Tom Brady and knows how that career has gone. So this could take so many different paths coming up starting Saturday. If they win, it goes another week to the NFC Championship game. And if they win that, it goes two more weeks to the Super Bowl. To me, it's all still right in front. And I guess that goes back to the question I asked Matt LaFleur at the end of the regular season. It's great to be in this spot. But really now it's what happens ahead.
2: I'm interested in the role social media has played in all this too cuz we're talking about Instagram posts. I know, you know, Rogers appeared on a podcast. There's just a lot going on that didn't exist 17 years ago when he started with the organization. And and I'm wondering how much of that fuels the discussion we're having right now and what's going on with the fan base.
1: It, there's no question it does. Uh, you know, I'm such a gray beard up here. I, I you know, I thought we were on the technological cutting edge when we had flight-aware tail numbers for Brett Favre's planes flying in and out of Green Bay when he was going to leave or not leave or whatever. (laughs) You know, this this isn't the first time around. It's crazy to think
0: how long ago that was, Tim, because that still seems like yesterday.
1: Yeah, but I remember, you know, grab a bag, you're flying to Biloxi to go try to track down Brett Favre at his house in Hattiesburg. What's he think about things? You know, this isn't the first time there's been this uncertainty about the Packer quarterback uh, in the offseason and it's fascinating, but there was no social media or no real social media back then. And so to the point of how much it's influenced things now, it's it's an astronomical difference. The immediacy of things is one thing. You know, if, if Aaron Rodgers were to be sighted, uh, at, you know, on, on a plane flying somewhere else, the, the interpretation of that, what does that mean? Half the time now, it's an Aaron Rodgers lookalike spotted somewhere and people think it means something, you know. So uh, it, the social media has definitely just from pictures and immediately changed things. And then you throw the opinion aspect into it as well. The fan base that you talk about, which kind of ebbs and flows based on, you know, the way the game went or whatever somebody said in the post game press conference, whatever it might be, you kind of get used to that in sports. I think the, the pendulum of where that stuff goes, but there's the, the, the opinions are formed out there. They get perpetuated. It's really incredible, and now as we've seen, say with Rogers and Adams, with the pictures that you referenced, Brian, these players have their own brands, and they can control their own message, and that's fascinating for them. It gives them power, uh, but it also it's a bit dangerous for them because you know depending on how they're being handled or what they're doing and putting out there, certain things can go in a certain direction, and then you have everybody trying to parse little details out of social media stories or legitimate media stories, and and coming up with a, a fact that then. You know, riders in particular uh, is pretty good about saying, well, that story's wrong. I never said that. And, you know, the media has presented such and such a story. So,
2: well, it's like that picture. It's like that picture Tom Brady posted, you know, a few years ago where you couldn't tell if he was leaving the stadium or entering it. And everyone's like zooming in to see which way his foot is pointed. And I mean, weeks of discussion surrounding which way his foot was pointed and if he was leaving or entering, that's the world we live in right now.
1: You're exactly right. And of course, Tom Brady's been very well handled. and has a huge uh, social media, uh, just machine rolling for him, which is why that was so effective. Uh, and obviously they knew exactly what they were doing. And I can only imagine you know, what the sports talk radio scene was in, in new England, uh, as you said, for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, over a picture.
0: You know, Brady doesn't have to say anything, it's a picture and then you just let everybody else draw their own conclusions. Well, but what's interesting too is those pictures, if we think about that last dance photo, that was in July when they did the sort of simultaneous photos. Things have changed. At least there seems to be a perception that Aaron Rodgers' feelings about the organization have warmed up. That his relationship with the GM have have warmed, and and there. So that raise and then obviously with the success, it raises the question of, well, maybe is some of that behind. But then there's still the contract issues. So much that's uncertain. But that was a point in time, and it doesn't necessarily mean that's the way he and Devante feel today.
1: As you watch, as I watch the Green Bay Packers, as you folks watch the Green Bay Packers, as the listeners watch the Green Bay Packers, you know, I don't think you can draw uh, you can draw a storyline where any place would be better for Aaron Rodgers. This is where he's played his entire career. He, you know, how many times have you come to Fox Six and, and put your key card down there and walked in the door? I I, I think about that now. It's like, I've done this forever. Well, Aaron Rodgers has done it forever here too. He's parked where he parks. He comes in, he knows where his locker is. All that stuff's the same. He loves the coaching staff. The team is good. The team's going to be a competitor again next year. He knows the whole drill here. Where would possibly be better football-wise for Aaron Rodgers? That's how we all view it. Maybe it's exactly as you said, there's been a thawing between the organization and Rodgers and uh, what you see is what you get and everything's going in the right direction. Maybe there was an agreement reached that this was going to be the last dance. Nobody's going to talk about it, but they're going to go out and and take a shot at the Super Bowl here, knowing full well no matter what happens, it's going to break up after this season. Devonte Adams was asked this week why he is so so um, accessible to the media and why he's so honest with the media, and one of the things he said was his dad told him growing up if you're going to do something, don't mess around with it. Don't don't give it less than a hundred percent. If you're, if you're sitting in school and you're watching the clock, the day's going to feel forever. Be in school. If you got to clean up something around your house, clean it up, do it right. Maybe Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams are doing it right because when the task is over, they know it's over. I don't know. That goes back to the question Amanda asked earlier and I, I, I legitimately do not know. You could see it happening either way.
2: The, The fan reaction, I know I've talked to some people who at the beginning of the season seem to have really soured on Aaron Rodgers as fans. And then as you see success, some of those hard feelings start to fall away. What sense are you getting from fans about their feelings about Aaron Rodgers right now?
1: I go back to uh may or june right after the story first came out about rogers unhappiness with the packers and the polls the fan polls it was more than half get rid of them you know i'm done with them he's a diva time to move on don't want him well you start playing football games rogers is great uh i you know then then rogers is out with uh you know personal stance and uh, the immunization controversy and he's out with covid and he jeopardized the team see that's why he's terrible now oh we you know, we can't wait to get him back and now they've won these games at the end of the year and he gives them a chance to win a super bowl it's part of the the nature of following the team i guess and these athletes and coaches uh understand it i would say the same if you go back again to brett Favre, boom out of here he's ridiculous he's on the he's on the jets he's on the vikings boom when he comes to lambeau field the you know, trader will never forget you, know, Bert and Brent and everything. You know, the people are dogging him, everything else. Then the guy comes back several years later, of course, when they're gonna retire his number and he's going to the Hall of Fame. And they sold tickets here at Lambeau Field to, he's gonna come out and stand on the field and wave to people. And people bought tickets for that because they couldn't get enough of Brett Farr. So time heals some of those wounds. As you said, success brings people's spirits up. I think the fan base, if they win. Aaron Rodgers is an absolute legend. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well and they exit into playoffs sooner than expected, the, the, the fan base is not going to love that. Just, you know, last year the Packers said all along, if we could just get an NFC championship game at home, we could finally win another one of these things. what they do? They got one at home and they lost. And the story very easily could have been afterwards Aaron Rodgers, you know, you didn't get the job done at the end. They, they kicked the field goal. You didn't get the ball back. You lost. You lost at home. You've lost four straight NFC championship games. That didn't become the story because Aaron Rodgers in that post-game press conference shifted the narrative just enough to what's his future. And then fans were, and organizational people were saying, well, we don't want to push too hard because what is the future? So I think it all hinges on results. I hate to keep coming back to these next three games But to me, that will define the way this goes forward, the way Rodgers is perceived, the way the future could shake out.
0: I'm going to say that I've settled on this, Tim, and I think there are other fans who agree with me. Aaron Rodgers is absolutely a diva. He's also one of the best players to ever play in the Green Bay Packers organization. He's a phenomenal football player. And with results in mind, Packers, 49ers, it's their teams that have met a lot in the playoffs. They have a four and four split over those the eight times they've met in the playoffs. But the Niners have had the best of the Packers the last few times out, including an NFC Championship game not long ago. What do you see? Do you have a prediction here, Tim? No team
1: is better than the Packers. I, I firmly believe that. The weather should be cold. The Niners have traveled much of the last several weeks, including last week. They played in Dallas. They fly home to California. They have to fly back up here to to Wisconsin. They have to play on Saturday night. That factors in for the Packers. The Green Bay is getting very healthy, getting all their players back. Seemingly, literally, that's not even an exaggeration. Seemingly, all their players back. So uh, everything favors the Packers. Aaron Rodgers has played beautiful football over the last month and a half. Everything favors the Packers. To me, right now, it's the Packers against the Packers. And I, I picked the Packers for this week. And if they can build upon that, they could win two more weeks after that. No team is better. But it's up to the Packers to not let them beat themselves.
2: It is time to go off the record. This is the part of the podcast where we get a little more casual, have some fun by answering a question for which we have not prepared. Sarah Smith can't join us live this week, but she has submitted a question we haven't seen in an email titled, Do Not Open, that I'm going to open right now. (laughs) And our off-the-record question this week, What movie traumatized you as a kid?
0: Tim, we're going to let you answer first because we we will say Tim's got to run inside. He's literally doing this <laughs> on Wednesday afternoon with a five o'clock live shot coming up here in a few minutes. And so four forty, you get to go first <laughs> if you can think of of the movie that traumatized you as a kid.
1: I still remember Tom Sawyer in the cave and the oh my gosh, Joe was in there and it jumped out. Oh, Tom Sawyer, believe it or not, as a little kid.
2: That's a scary one for a little kid to see.
0: Uh huh. There's some scary that's-
2: parts to it. I don't
1: really remember it that well, but I re- that's seared on my brain.
0: I don't know that I ever saw Tom Sawyer. Read the book, but I don't think I ever saw like a movie.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure you can still really read that one and see it. You know, in the in the way it was presented back in the day, things the times have changed certainly. But I do remember being impacted by Tom Sawyer.
2: I thought everything was. I still think everything is scary. Like if I'm if I'm watching something with my two year old, like a Disney movie, and it's about to get like kind of scary, my instinct is to hide. I do not do. I don't. I hate being in suspense. I hate things jumping out at me. Please never take me to see a horror movie. I can't even think of a guy I was dating thought it would be a good idea for us to watch. I I, I can't even remember the name of the movie, but it's like they're in this cabin and randomly these people knock on the door and like try to murder them. That, that sounds like the plot for any horror movie. <laughs> but that's that really scarred me. That wasn't even as a kid, that was as an adult. Um, I just everything. Oh the we my family did watch one of the many movies about Anne Frank. And that at the end when they said they that she died, you know, weeks before her camp was liberated, that I I had nightmares that night and and my parents had to come in my room and they were like, "Oh, maybe we shouldn't have have watched that." So that one traumatized me
0: for me it was the dark crystal. Did you ever see or hear about it, it was it was a like a muppet style G-rated movie so you think G this couldn't be bad at all and it was there was something about it that was just terrifying and and I think it was it surprised a lot of people again it was rated G so you think how could this be bad at all it's it's cartoonish almost like it's a sort of like muppet animatronic type uh uh creatures and it it was it was terrifying. And that one, because it was so surprising that one stuck with me, I still think I'm looking at it right now on my screen, just the cover of the DVD thing. And it just sort of sends waves <laughs> of, you know, fear through me. So yeah, I think I was traumatized by the dark crystal
2: nightmares for everyone tonight. Thanks, Sarah.
0: <laughs> I, I'm hoping we are not traumatized by the, uh, the NFC divisional round game at Lambeau field. Tim, you got to head off to a live shot, uh, get, get going. Thank you so much for spending time with us.
1: Sounds great, guys. It was fun being out with you. And there are Packer fans who are traumatized by some playoff results in the last 10 years. So (laughs) we won't go down that road today.
0: If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss on Open Record, an issue you think we should investigate, send us an email to fox6investigators at fox.com. Again, that is fox6investigators at fox.com.
2: As always, thank you to all the people who make this podcast possible, Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, and Sarah Smith. And Tim, once again, thank you for joining us. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't done that already. You can find it wherever you do your podcast listening. With that, I'm Amanda St. Hilaire. And for Brian Poulson, we will be back next week.